Do you ever feel like you're just happening? Like you're in a flow and life is just unfolding in ways and you're totally in it and present with it. Well, that's what I've been feeling and I've been taking this week off. So please enjoy this rerun episode that I've selected for you. This episode is about what to do when you're depressed, shut down, dissociated, and numb, and why this is happening. It's a compassionate look at the body and how it's trying to protect us and adapt. So in this episode, we explore noticing signs of nervous system overwhelm, the polyvagal theory, how to heal trauma, and 12 ways that you can support yourself when you're feeling nervous system overwhelm or this dissociation, and how this can all bring more understanding and humanity to our interactions in relationships of all kinds. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Embody Podcast, a show about remembering and embodying your true nature, inner wisdom, embodied healing, and self-love. My name is Candace Wu, and I'm a holistic healing facilitator, intuitive coach, and artist sharing my personal journey of vulnerability, offering meditations and guided healing support, and having co-creative conversations with healers and wellness practitioners from all over the world. I want to make a quick announcement that also is in support of the podcast, that I've recently been supporting people by holding one-on-one immersions with them. This is completely collaborative and designed specifically by you, or you can hand over the details to me to handle. But it is a wonderful opportunity to get one-on-one time with me in an immersive setting where we can work exactly with what you are wanting, desiring, challenge within your life from all these different ways of embodied healing, family constellations, somatic experiencing, spiritual practices, voice dialogue, as well as be in a space that you and I select together that can hold your experience. This can be with or without a horse where we have experiences to be with a horse and journey into connection and wisdom that the horse can bring. The horses are extremely intuitive and can sense what you're feeling and what you're not feeling and mirror that to you as a way to bring you more information on the next path of your life. I love doing this work with people because it gives me the chance to hold that space in a longer period of time that we can really go deep and get to the root of things as well as support you in feeling the peace and pleasure that you want to feel. You can find more about that at CandiceWu.com and also by reaching out to me via email or through the website at embody at This offering as well as other offerings that I have are all in support of the podcast. Some of the proceeds go towards producing this podcast and bringing new guests on. And I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, but there is a database of all healing experientials and meditations that are on the podcast by me as well as guests. And you can search on that for things that you're looking for. The page is at candicewu.com slash meditations. 
The podcast also has its own search at candicewu.com slash podcast. On top of that, each of the podcasts are being transcribed. The experientials and meditations are too. So in case you prefer to digest the material through written word and your visual acuity, then you can go on to each podcast link and right below where it says that you can click to listen, there's a transcription. The experientials and meditations are being completed in backwards order. So starting from the newest and most recent, working its way backwards. And we've got about um, three quarters of them done, which is really exciting. Now let's jump into this episode. So a while back, I talked about anger. And anger is part of our experience of a fight response in the nervous system. And what that conversation brought for many people was this understanding of why anger is important and what it can bring us and how it can support us in our lives and bringing this compassion to this emotion that's been villainized, anger. There's so many places where we think, oh, we shouldn't be angry and we get mad at ourselves for being angry. And yet anger is this vital life force energy that protects us and keeps us alive. We have this instinctual body that first and foremost wants us to survive. So that's where it comes from, but it can also inform our understanding of what we want, need, and are doing in the world besides the survival mode part. So that episode is at CandiceWu.com slash anger, and it comes with three experientials around working with anger and engaging with it in a different way, relating with it, as well as healing using anger. And that connects to this episode because in this episode, we're talking about nervous system overwhelm. The nervous system has several states of being, and three of the primary ones are fight, which we just talked about, flight, and freeze. And some people add a fourth one, which is appease which I think, in my opinion, connects with freeze. It's an active freeze that submits to something when it feels safer to do so. So today we're talking about the freeze response of the nervous system. And to be more exact, polyvagal theory, which explains what's happening to the nervous system when we have this freeze or shutdown response. And I'll talk all about the signs of this and noticing if you're experiencing this. The phrase response is called tonic immobility because it comes from how our animal body will protect itself if we get to that state of overwhelm, of feeling threatened, of a lack of safety. You might be already wondering, well, I don't really have real threats going on and how come I'm feeling X, Y, and Z? How come I'm feeling dissociated or numb or all of these symptoms? And we'll go through those. It doesn't take much for our nervous system to get activated. And if we are getting activated, it is a sign, perhaps, that you have some previous trauma that wants to be worked through and renegotiated. Of course, a present-day situation can bring us to 
tonic immobility, a freeze state if we need it. And so it's really important to understand that when our nervous system believes that we're that unsafe, then it's going to turn on this function of numbing, of separating and dissociating from this experience to preserve yourself, to preserve your body and your being. So let's back it all up here. One morning recently, I woke up with dizziness and it was so interesting. I haven't had this experience in a long time. And there was a particular reason that I was experiencing it and I was aware of that. I was in a group setting where we were specifically working with nervous system overwhelm and I hadn't quite navigated what my role was yet. And in a situation where there's a bit of uncertainty and the group's feeling overwhelmed, I can have a tendency to take on that energy of overwhelm. I'm very emotionally empathic and responsive to those energies, but I specifically have a weaker boundary around that because when I was in my young life, my family was extremely overwhelmed and shut down. And those emotions that they're not digesting went somewhere and they flooded my system. So I got triggered and overwhelmed in this experience in the present day. So I woke up the next morning with that dizziness. Like I would go to the bathroom and like slam my arm against the door in passing, or I would feel like woozy and just uh, unable to see straight. So I sat down with myself and luckily I was aware that this was likely related to my nervous system feeling activated. Rather than in the past, I would have wondered what was wrong with me. I would have wondered if I needed to go to a doctor or I would get scared and that probably would add to it. And maybe that would be true that I would need to go to a doctor at some point, but there are all these tools in my tool belt, all these wonderful tools from somatic experiencing, as well as family constellations, but primarily from somatic experiencing that can be used before you need to take the next step. And especially, I knew I was pretty healthy. I wondered, well, did I eat something that was a little off? But I wanted to just try a couple of things to see what would happen. And I sat down with myself and first just felt what I felt, noticed the dizziness, and asked my body, like, what do you want to do now? What, what is the organic movement or impulse that wants to come through? And nothing really showed up except for just like kind of wanting to curl up, which is one of the signs of nervous system overwhelm. But I knew that if I helped my body find safety, then this would probably pass and I could deal with the emotions that would come. So I chose to use one of the tools, which I'll explain further in this episode, of running around my space or jogging in place is what you can do too but running around my space and then doing it in super slow motion so my body could integrate it 
and register that I took action and used the energy of a flight response, running flight, and imagined myself run to a safe person and place. And so I just did it for as long as I felt like I needed and imagined myself going there. And when I arrived, I let my body rest there and receive the experience of safety that this safe place and that person would bring me in my imagination. And allowed my body to feel it. Remember that the body doesn't truly know if it happened or not. And if it gets to go through the motions with awareness and witness, then it feels that it has happened. So my body got to experience that it got to safety and got to receive the love and support that I really needed. And then I had some tears and I felt my body come down. I felt my breath deepen naturally. So without having to force it, I felt my vision get clearer. I felt that in the presence, in my imagination, of course, of this safe person that could give me the love and the support that I needed, that I sensed I needed, that I could touch into the emotions that it was revealing in me and those could move And so here I'm not numb anymore. I'm not dizzy anymore. The emotions can come down. The energy that went up, that was too overwhelming to digest going downward and outward, had a way to move now. And after that, I felt great. I actually felt way better than the day before. And uh, all that moved, I wasn't dizzy anymore. And I was ready to go with the day. So for me, that's. Years and years of practice and working with different practitioners, healers, and therapists to develop that tool in myself. But I want to share some of those tools in this episode today, many of them coming from Peter Levine's study and practice of somatic experiencing, all which derive from how animals in the wild release trauma or they complete the movements that need to be completed and the energy that comes through the instinctual body. They don't typically experience trauma in the same way that we do, at least. Of course, there are discussions of different kinds of animals and also ones that are more domesticated that are experiencing trauma, but typically the ones in the wild that make it, they have this natural way of completing what needs to happen and then they're feeling safe and in the world again with all their possibilities of experiencing. So what I'd like to do now is invite you to come into this question, how much of me is here right now? So as you're listening to me, as you're here with yourself, wherever you are, where if you're in passing, in transit, or you're sitting down, or you're doing errands, just how much of you is here with yourself, here in the world, and present? 
Notice how much of you is not here. And this is not to be judgmental or critical or as a test. It's just to gauge and sense to be aware of where you're, you're at. You might sense that 50% of you is here and some amount of you is left behind an experience that was upsetting or at work. How much of you is here? Where is your awareness and what is the quality of your awareness? How are you feeling in your body right now? If you're someone that's so used to toughing it out or plowing through or going into the hard stuff of your healing or pushing through at work, you might be overriding a lot of signals of your nervous system that tell you this is a little too much. And that cycle is something the body can get used to. It's like auto override and autopilot. So that's one major reason to understand polyvagal theory and how the body can go into nervous system freeze is to notice where you're being unkind to yourself and pushing beyond what your body wants to do. I get that at the end of the day, there are things that you need to do and times and ways in which you need to push through. But if we could push through a little less and not ignore our bodies, we might experience a lot more. And we might experience a lot more pleasure and joy in our lives as we're going through the things we know we want and need to do. So to simply feel better, it's a real thing that we want to feel better in ourselves and to feel a deeper understanding of who you are and to ally with your body, to navigate your full experience. These are all really good reasons to understand the freeze response. And it gives a way to understand each other, to understand yourself in trauma or what parts of you have been traumatized, what that means, and to understand how other people might be experiencing this and how in relationships there can be a dance of withdrawal and attack going back and forth. And there can be also a feeling of abandonment when someone withdraws and has a physiological trauma response, such as shutdown. Stonewalling is also sometimes mixed with using that as a weapon, like shutting down in order to hurt the other person or to get a reaction out of the person. But it can be diffused by understanding what is going on behind the scenes. And also, if you understand polyvagal theory, you can understand how extreme stress can lead to this shutdown experience and how to read your own body as well as where other people are at so you know where they're coming from or have a little more compassion. So as we jump into noticing where our nervous system is overwhelmed and in a freeze response, we need to talk about polyvagal theory, which I've dropped in a few times here. And I also talk a bit about in the anger podcast. 
This is a theory by Stephen Porges. The polyvagal theory reflects the primal need for us to survive and stay alive and how important that is to our body. It covers three states of our nervous system. One, which is connection, a ventral vagal response. Fight or flight, which is a sympathetic response, either one of those, because it compels action. Or shutdown, which is dorsal vagal. There's an easy image in which to picture this. And in a link that I'll put onto the show notes, Dr. David Puder describes a lioness and a gazelle and how you can see this in nature. And I'll briefly describe it here. So picture a lion finding a gazelle. And the gazelle sees a lion or senses something notices danger, it starts to perk up and its ears go up, neck stiffens up, and at some point realizes they have to run. So the gazelle's running and that's a sympathetic flight response. And let's say the lion captures the gazelle. The gazelle's nervous system then will kick into a shutdown response, playing dead, so to say. And in that place, The gazelle is conserving energy in order to make their grand escape if they can, but also to enact a dead state so that perhaps they're not going to be as desirable to that lion. And maybe that lion will get distracted and that can create the opportunity for the gazelle to run away. So let's say that happens and the lion gets distracted bringing this gazelle back to their cubs. And the gazelle sees this moment and seizes it and runs, sprints, coming back to life, back into a sympathetic nervous system response from where they were in the tonic immobility. And they run to safety. And in that place, I want to mention pronking because they end up celebrating and having a victory dance of, I'm alive, I'm strong, I'm, I'm okay. And uh, humans reflect that too. So polyvagal theory touches on three states of the nervous system reaction or response. A state of connection and social engagement, which is a ventral vagal response. A fight or flight, which is a parasympathetic response, or shutdown, which is tonic immobility, which is dorsal vagal response. So the reason we have that response, the reason that the nervous system just turns the switch for us is that it feels like what we're experiencing is too much or too dangerous or too risky and is better to wait it out. So the interesting thing is, whenever we've had an experience of this in the past, where something was too risky to do, like we wouldn't scream back at our bosses or at our fathers when we were five years old if something happened where we felt threatened or hurt or scared. Maybe we wouldn't punch them, but our animal body would want to because we'd want to protect ourselves in a situation of abuse or some other scary situation. 
And in those moments where we didn't do that and we chose to freeze up instead or become paralyzed, our body does this to protect ourselves from further danger. And we just hope that it will end and go away. But the thing about that is that anytime we've had that experience, that shutdown mode lives in our body and our body still can be in that shutdown mode from years and decades ago. And in fact, even through the ancestry, the shutdown response from someone else in your lineage can get passed down into your nervous system, into your DNA. So time doesn't much matter here. The nervous system is responding to safety or lack of safety and danger. So it will freeze until it realizes its safety. And even though our mind knows that we're safe right here and now, our body has to know it too. And it has to go through the process of completing what it needs to in order to feel that it is safe. And to the primitive body, that's typically some action that protects itself by running, fighting, pushing, moving, yelling, biting. All of those very basic ways of protecting ourselves come into play. So when you're feeling certain symptoms of this dorsal vagal response, it's a chance to notice, oh, my body is feeling really unsafe and needs to find safety. And perhaps there's something showing itself in terms of previous trauma or something I'm going through right now that makes my body feel like it isn't safe. So what are the signs of dorsal vagal or tonic immobility in our body, the freeze state? As I mentioned, this state is about self-preservation. So the body might freeze or become immobile or paralyzed. Like you can't really quite take the next step. The body feels very heavy, like heavy in a way that can't move very well. Or rigidity starts to happen in the body, tension and constriction. You might notice yourself feel dissociated, separate from your body or not quite here. A numbness, a feeling of disconnection or overwhelm. You might feel dizzy or spacey, a loss of words, inability to comprehend or take in information. Your digestive and reproductive systems may go offline and shut down, so you may feel lack of sexual desire, feel indigestion, bloatedness. You may feel nauseated, want to throw up, or spontaneously urinate or defecate. The heart rate, blood pressure, facial expressions, and immune system responses may decrease. So that's the conservation mode. And at the same time, you may feel extremely exhausted and fatigued. A difficulty moving or doing anything, an apathy, perhaps hopelessness, shame, a sense of feeling trapped, 
disconnected from the world or withdrawing. And in this state, our brain has decreased metabolism, so that causes a challenge in comprehension and thinking, making decisions. Our body awareness decreases, and it may take a lot of pressure or um, impact for our body to feel anything or feel much. And we have a decreased ability to create narrative memories. We might feel little or no pain. Our lungs might constrict and we breathe slower. The vision may feel blurry or not clear, like fuzzy, blank, fixed, or spaced out. And sleep may be disrupted, as well as the body posture. Our body may want to curl up and collapse in a ball. On the other hand, of the inability to think critically or process in our minds, our mind also may get stuck on certain thoughts. So in a panic state of flight response, our body gets flooded with the energy to mobilize us to move. And if we get to move and complete that ability to protect ourselves, we feel okay. We feel good. But if it doesn't, then that energy can go up and we might start to rationalize and think about things and we might take a meaning about ourselves and the world that if it gets left there, it may feel like a permanent fixture of who we are. And we move about the world believing this and our actions reflect that. And so those thoughts may run itself or linger in the state of freeze. So if we get into this state, and this can happen when you're in a therapy session, that your body just starts going into that place where you have no emotions, separate from the experience, numb, that may mean that your body is in a free state. And in a way, in a big way, that is re-traumatizing to the nervous system because it can just get stuck again. But in another way, if it feels okay to navigate it and you have the tools or support, it's a great place for your nervous system to learn a new way and not get stuck again so it can bring healing. So the idea is to support the nervous system in shifting out of dorsal vagal, navigating dorsal vagal, and shifting out into ventral vagal, which is our survival. Social engagement is vital to our survival and it gives us a sense of safety and calming when that engagement is safe. When that engagement has compassion and an observing witness. So when we're in this state, just to name the opposite of dorsal vagal and freeze, this ventral vagal state is where our immune system is healthy and we are able to feel in our bodies. We can feel a normal kind of happiness or openness, peace, contentment, and even curiosity about life. We feel possibilities. We feel flexible and movable. We're sleeping well and eating normally. And we can relate to others, connect to our emotions, be empathic to others, and listen. We feel grounded. 
So neither of these are fixed states. We are constantly in flux navigating our bodies and our experience through how our nervous system is responding and responding to our environment and our internal container of trauma experiences that have accumulated and what we perceive personally as triggering, activating, or threatening. So your system can move in and out of these states, and ideally, we have the flexibility and capacity to move through each of these states and navigate all of those states so that we can feel okay in ourselves. And to be clear, if we have unresolved trauma in our past, which most people do, even little things, and when I say trauma, it means something incomplete where our nervous system and body wanted to do something to protect ourselves, but we didn't or couldn't. And if we have unresolved trauma in our lineage, then we may be living in some version of fight or flight perpetually, or in a numbness or shutdown, or as deep as depression. So the dorsal vagal freeze response in the nervous system, if it gets stuck, can turn into depression. In Chinese medicine, the liver channel connects with our desire and what we want and the movement towards what we want and giving life to ourselves. And if that gets disrupted, liver and gallbladder relate to each other, gallbladder making decisions and um, taking action. If that gets disrupted, then we have depression. And that relates exactly to this system from somatic experiencing where if there was something we instinctually wanted to do or wanted and didn't receive it or couldn't do it, then our system gets disrupted too. And if we don't resolve that, then it stays, it lingers, and it becomes our state of being of depression or sometimes we've even called that our personality. And yet, these are just various nervous system responses getting stuck. So I want to shift gears into supporting yourself when you have this overwhelm in your nervous system or shutdown. And how to support yourself to move out of it, to navigate it, and to even heal at a deeper level. So before we go to the 12 different tools I have for you today, I want to talk about what happens when you come out of freeze state. If you freeze water and you let it thaw out, it melts. And it comes back to the state that it was in before it froze. So just like that, whatever state we were in, whatever happened, or feeling state and sensation state in our body we had before our nervous system felt it was too much. Then when we thaw out, when we come back in our bodies, when we come back to safety, the nervous system will touch back into what it was before you went into freeze to begin with. Sometimes that's a big emotion and sensation in the body, and sometimes it's not. There's an easy way to move through this if you pendulate, which I'll talk about later, kind of 
easing in and out of that experience, safety into challenge. But if you think about it, if you can't fight or run, then you play dead. And so when you come out of playing dead, just like the gazelle, it's going to fight or run. It's going to want to do that because that's the energy loaded up into the system. And where it stored that energy up to be used later and couldn't be used at that moment, then later it will come online and that energy will be present to be used to move the body. So in the most simplest way, your body might experience anger or anxiety or other emotions that overloaded the system right before going into a freeze state. So be prepared for that, and I don't mean to scare anyone, but just know and understand that emotions will come and see what ways you can support yourself with that. And what we're also doing is activating body memory. So your body holds implicit memory. That's information that you may or may not be conscious of. Usually, we're unconscious of it. And when we touch into the body and the experience and the emotional state, we are activating that body memory, and that can be timeless. So it might not have been the thing that just happened literally in this five minutes before you got into a numb state, but it could be what happened in your childhood. Or as I mentioned, what happened in the lineage getting touched on. And if you believe in a past life, it can touch on what happened in a past life. I talk about a couple of past life experiences of mine in the podcast at candicewood.com slash past life, as well as slash deep mystery and deep mystery too. So those are three different podcasts and you can see where implicit memory was being drawn up in my body where I didn't know about what it was, but my body was showing it and the emotions were there and it revealed itself. So the storyline might not be there, but it's held in the cells of your being, of your body. And if your body doesn't know safety, in this moment and feel it, that memory, that information will live there until safety is found. What we're also doing when we're helping the body to find its way out of a free state is we're helping the body expand the capacity of experiencing and to not override through it and keep tripping that system that throws you into numbness or overwhelm. So a key principle here is to provide yourself and your body with what it didn't have before when a traumatic experience happened. You may not know what those things are, but we can probably make guesses because it's often that someone wasn't there, time wasn't there, there was something that we didn't get, or there was a certain kind of safety that wasn't there. So let's jump into the 12 things that we can do when our body feels this level of overwhelm. Number one is you can orient. You can just take a moment and notice your surroundings, 
and look especially at things that feel pleasurable to look at. We naturally do this when we are in a ventral vagal state where we actually feel safe. We're able to look around and take in what's around us. We might be looking for a mate or food or um, possibility, but we can see pleasurable things around us. And we're also alert to what might be dangerous if danger comes. Animals do that too. So it's like a cat or dog coming to a space and checking it out, sniffing it out, and making sure it's safe here. If you'd like a guided experience on orienting, which is a somatic experiencing technique or tool, I have a guided audio on that in the podcast Conversations with the Body. You can find that at candiswoo.com slash conversations with the body or EP82. And just scroll down to the experientials and you'll find the one on orienting. That'll also be linked in the show notes here today. Number two, the second thing you can do to come down from a free state is touch your body. Touch your body from head to toe slowly to feel your touch, feel your body and feel what kind of touch would be soothing. It might be light and gentle touch or with pressure, but taking your awareness to how it feels that you can touch your body here and remind your body of its container, of your safety. There's also a guided experience that takes you deeper into that on the episode at CandiceWu.com slash alignment or slash EP47. It's the experiential called Grounding Touch and Listening to Next Steps. A third thing you can do is recognize that you are alive and safe right now and tune in and touch into those very basic things that tell you you are alive. And that might be noticing that you are safe and in a safe place at the current moment. And that is if you are. It might be noticing that you have food. If you do have food, it might be noticing if you have a place to sleep. And this will be one of the experientials this week. So tune in later this week for a guided experience on this. Number four, the fourth thing you can do is connect in your mind with a safe person. If you open to a person who brings you a feeling of safety, love, peace, or groundedness, someone who's been there for you before, and you can separate any times that this relationship has felt conflictual, but try to find one that is the least conflictual you can. That could be with a person, an animal, a spiritual figure, nature, or a symbol. So we're resourcing anything that could feel safe for you. I have two healing experientials that you can tune into if you'd like support with that. And the first is at CandiceWoo.com slash emotions. 
the meditation on resourcing emotional safety and healing trauma. And the second one is loving kindness. And that one is episode 65D. So D is the fourth experiential in Untangling Love Part 2. That's at candicewu.com slash EP65. And again, all of these will be listed on the show notes, so you can just go to the webpage at candicewu.com slash overwhelm, and you can find all of those there. The fifth thing you can do is be with a safe person or animal or be in a safe place in real life. But while you're being with that person, notice how it is to experience their support, what it is that supports you, and let your body receive that feeling and slow down so that it can register to your awareness and into your body. And that leads to tool number six, which is slowing down. In somatic experiencing, they call it titrating. So allowing yourself to slow down your experience of whatever it is you're doing or wherever you're at and just notice what's happening. The seventh tool is called pendulation. That's also from SE, somatic experiencing. And that is to go back and forth between safety and the challenging experience that you're having or even the numbness or whatever free state experience you have. So pendulation is to sense into a breath or two or 30 seconds, whatever amount of time of a safe person or something that helps you feel pleasure, as we talked about earlier in the other tools. And then to pause and go into challenging emotion or the state that you're feeling already right now and back and forth, back and forth. And just to notice and track what happens as you go back and forth and allow your nervous system to dip into safety and feel more embodied each time. You can find a guided experience on that at episode 24, candicewu.com slash EP24 which is the episode on emotions and how to navigate your emotions. Tool number eight is using movement to support you. Some people like to use shaking. Just literally stand up, shake your whole body for a couple of minutes. Let the body move. It's like shaking up stuck energy so that it starts to flow. You can also ask your body if there's a place that could move, where would it begin? Which part of my body can move? If it's your eyes or a pinky finger or your hair, if you imagine your hair moving, your knees, which part of your body can move? And as you let that movement happen, slowly. And let the body feel that and integrate that and see what that allows for or what you start to feel as that happens. You can also tune into organic body movement farther than that by just imagining if my body could move, what would it do? How would it want to move? 
And just imagining that, see what your body feels, what sensations or emotions. And if you let it move, then what happens? Tool number nine is one that I did when I felt dizzy that day, is letting your body run. And you can jog in place or you can run across a room or a field any place that feels safe for you. But as you run, slow it down so slow that you can feel every little part of your body move, even your arms, your toes, your calves. And as you run, visualize running towards safety, whatever that means for you, whether that's a safe place, person, thing, or situation. And when you get there, imagine receiving exactly what you need. Whether or not you know exactly what you need, imagine receiving whatever it is that you need to feel safe when you arrive there or connect with the safe person, place, or thing that's there. This will also be one of the experientials this week. So tune in later this week for a longer guide of that. And tool number 10 is to reveal or allow anger. Eventually you can practice more somatic experiencing techniques and being in the body or even self-defense or martial arts. And you can tune into the anger episode for some ideas about moving through that. And that's at candiswoo.com slash anger. Tool number 10 is practicing assertiveness. So feel into your ability to choose and move. Right when you are feeling that numbness, do the opposite. Do something assertive. Do something doable, manageable. And let yourself be in the witness of your experience as you do it. And the 12th tool I have for you today is also going to be an experiential later this week. And it's tuning into a moment in the last couple of days or day that you felt like yourself or where you felt okay or where you felt like you were alive. And backtracking, if you can't find anything in the last couple of days, look into the last couple of weeks or the last month or two, or even as far as a couple of years if you've been in this state of stuckness for a while. Touching in and making contact with the last time you felt okay, or like yourself, or pleasure. Touching into that, allow your body to experience what it's like right now to remember that. And sometimes there's a spontaneous breath or a little bit of ease that begins to happen. Or, like I said earlier, other emotions might come through because your body starts to feel safe again. In this experiential that I'll guide later this week, I'll guide you to feel into a couple of different points where you felt okay or like yourself. And then a time that you experienced a challenge but got through it. 
which can help your nervous system be reminded of your strength and ability to get through life and that you did get through it. And noticing a current challenge. These are also tools from somatic experiencing. So those are the 12 different tools I wanted to offer you today to support yourself in your nervous system coming out of free state in also feeling safety even before your body becomes overwhelmed if you start to notice little signs of it or that you're getting to that threshold it's a great thing to do to support your body and feeling that safety before you get there and to come down from that a bit and as I mentioned earlier, be prepared for any emotions or body sensation or experience that comes out of, comes through with coming back to a little bit of safety. Because when your body finds that safety again and understands it, integrates it, the emotions that didn't get to be felt or the sensation and impulse that didn't get to be had will want to be had. Maybe you're at work or in the middle of something and you don't really have time to go through all of your nervous system responses that want completion, but recognize you may be feeling those as you come back into your body and come back online. You might start to notice gurgling or burping or a different kind of breath come through. All of these are signs of healing. And signs that your body's coming back online, that the ventral vagal response is coming back online and your body's feeling a little safer. And it's a good time to use any of these tools to continue that safety. I wrote a blog post about how the body tells you that healing is happening. And it's a list of several ways that your body shows you the signs that healing is going on and your body is moving towards coming back online or um, healing, even though it might not feel like it. You can find that in the show notes and also at CandiceWu.com slash tiny healing steps. So this was a lot of information today. And sometimes when people hear this information, their body starts to go numb and they feel a little fuzzy and that state of freeze starts to take over because we're even talking about it. And if that is you, tune into the experientials that are later this week. Um, rewind to a couple of the tools that were mentioned here today that sounded like they might help you and just try them. Be curious and open and see what touching your body might do, even if you think it's one of the most basic things. And it is. And that is touching into the basic need of our, of our primal body, our animal body. With these tools, I have felt so much more embodiment and grounding and feeling empowered even because the state of freeze does bring that same physiology as shame. It's this collapse, like I can't do it. And it comes with lots of thoughts. It's something that I didn't talk too much about in the list of signs of overwhelm, but that is a major one where if you start to think 
a lot and think these really negative thoughts about yourself or the world. And you even might know that these aren't really true, but they just can't um, leave your mind. That is where the energy of the fight and flight response goes upward instead of out the limbs. We have, because that energy doesn't have much other place to go, it goes upward into the mind. And so the gut and the polyvagal system informing the mind and feeding these thoughts. But the thoughts relate to the meanings we've taken on and the filter through which we see, we particularly see the world and ourselves. And so it can bring on the worst of the worst there. Because in the states where we thought we weren't going to survive or that we needed to shut down to survive, there was something going on that made us feel so threatened. And those thoughts can stay with us. The meanings that we took about ourselves can stay with us from there. That is also a sign that something in our experience wants completion and wants renegotiation because we have thoughts that are negative about ourselves or the world. Another sign includes thoughts that are negative about yourself and overthinking everything and thinking about things so much that you're not quite in your experience in your body, in yourself. So I encourage you to use this information to have more compassion for yourself, mainly to notice and understand that if you're in this experience of feeling paralyzed or feeling numb or experiences of shame or worthlessness, that may be a part of a free state. And there are ways to support yourself in moving through that. And if you notice other people withdrawing or shutting down, there may be a place to build connection and understand what they're going through when they have that experience. I'm really looking forward to sharing these experientials with you. And so there are three, as I mentioned earlier, out of these 12 tools, there are three that'll be experientials. And the first one's going to be on tuning into the basics of safety, feeling that your body is alive and letting that sink in. The second one will be times you feel like yourself or feel okay and a time you got through a challenge and letting that be a resource to you, letting the body experience and remember how it is to feel this way. And that third one is the running, visualizing what's needed and finding safety. And that is skipping into straight into having that flight experience, but letting yourself arrive into a safe place. So one day when we talk about anxiety, and the flight response, this one will connect with that. I hope you find some of these tools just as helpful as they have been for me. And I will say there have been times in my life where I felt I was doing so much healing and certain things were coming up to the surface so in such a big way. Like if you've been listening to the podcast when I had the existential crisis experience, spiritual crisis, or even other times where something came up and I just felt overwhelmed with emotion, these tools have helped me so much to feel grounded again. 
I will not underestimate the power of our ability to imagine and to move and to use these very basic, simple things to support us. But I also will say, I didn't know how to do this all on my own. I learned this completely with support. And I have no idea what it would be like, really, to try practicing that on my own and seeing if it made a difference. And in fact, I might not have enough ability at that time when I was learning these things to be able to support myself because a big part of our healing comes from connection with other people and our ability to let our nervous system co-regulate with other people, with people that feel safe in their bodies. So if you're trying this at home by yourself and it's not working, so to say, give it a little more time. See if you do it again or a couple of times in a week. Try it every day with or without the audio and also connect with someone about it. Connect with a professional that's informed about trauma healing and the nervous system from the scientific perspective. Connect with someone who can hold the space for this in an informed way. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or want the support in a healing experience. And I'm wishing you and your bodies so much compassion and love and support. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I want to end with something light. Gosh, what, what, what? Okay, I've got it. It is from an email I received from LifeWorks Psychotherapy Center. I love the people at LifeWorks and I'm connected with them. They're in Chicago. So shout out to all of you at LifeWorks. And this is a selection of a poem from Anna McDonald. It's called Afropunk by Cameron Awkward Rich. And he is a trans person of color who has published two poetry collections. And here is the poem. A mosh pit is not the same as dancing. It's more like a cat thrown into an ocean of sweat and elbows. And any choreography that follows is just an animal trying to stay alive. In middle school, even the cool kids wear their bodies like clothes that don't quite fit. But me, I've never been cool as I was in eighth grade. Never wore my skin so well as that year I discovered white boys and black eyeliner and that violence they called a dance. But when punk be black, when it be a girl throwing herself into a riot of white, it's not because she needs a lesson in survival. There's the whole world for that. But goddamn, if the bullet has to leave one chamber to fill another, if the girl has to be split and split, and the boy riddled with stars, and if the world must go on, if our blood must kiss the concrete, let the first time be an act of love. Let it be a wedding song and not a funeral. And if pain be unavoidable, let it first be a pain we choose. Let us learn how far our bodies can ride it before the music cuts out. And with that, I'll leave you with a little music. This would actually be number 13 of the tools of coming out of numbness for me at least is listening to music that really brings me alive. So here's just a little bit of music for you as we close today. 
Thanks so much for joining me on the Embody podcast. And if you'd like to stay in touch, read self-love notes, connect with other healing experientials and guests on the podcast, find me on my newsletter at candicewu.com slash embody.